NC State fans have longed to hear it. Noah Rogers, you are a Wolfpacker. Alexa, play Welcome Back by Mace. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Friday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. We talked about the prodigal son entering the transfer portal on New Year's Eve. And just four days later, the prodigal son is returning home to Raleigh. Ohio State transfer wide receiver Noah Rogers is a Wolfpacker. Kenton, how big of a deal is this commitment? Oh, it's absolutely massive because we've talked about the need for a, a diverse wealth of wide receivers. We've talked about the need for different types of receivers. And the one archetype that we didn't have a lot of as the receiving room is currently constructed is that big guy that can go up and, and get the ball and, and all that good stuff. But even beyond that, I think Noah Rogers brings an element of his ability after the catch as well. That is like, yes, you want all the archetypes and all that, but you also want one dynamic game changer. You want a guy that like, you know, is that. And you feel like you have that in KC, but guess what? You can never have too many. That's the one type of thing. There are certain things that like, all right, that's, you've had the right amount of that, right? There's never, you know, you can never have too many shutdown corners. You can never have too many receivers that when they touch the ball, it's, oh, it's up. And it's, you know, you got to watch out for that. And so, um, you know, he's he's that type of receiver. He's that type of guy, local kid. He is a, a player that at the end of the day, it was a very tight race between NC State and Ohio State. And you can only kind of imagine what if, what happens if he comes straight out of high school and he and KC make up the most dynamic freshman duo that maybe the world's ever seen. But he's back. He's got four years of eligibility. Now, I ain't complaining about it. Happy year. Better late than never. Better late than never. This is the biggest commitment since Peyton Wilson. And if you look at the 247 recruiting rankings of all time, if you take Noah Rogers' high school rating, he is tied for the sixth highest recruit in NC State history. That is how big of a deal Noah Rogers is. You look at the surface level of him going to Ohio State out of high school. You know, Ohio State is widely considered wide receiver U. It's probably them or LSU. Rogers was highly demanded by Ohio State, and they went out and got him. I mean, when you when you're up against Ohio State for a primetime wide receiver. For NC State, that's that's gonna be a tough battle to win. Ohio State won that one. To now get Rodgers to turn around and come back home, this is a kid that can play anywhere. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, you name it, he can play there. We now have that type of talent in our wide receiver room at NC State. I can't put to words how big of a deal that is, 
especially after last year when you only have basically one consistent wide receiver for the entire season. I was listening to his interview on Inside Pack Sports after his commitment there, talking about how he models his game after Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. You might notice both of those are wide receiver one types, and that's exactly what I project Noah Rodgers to come in and immediately compete for uh, here in 2024. This is a young man that when you look at him and you look at some of the other guys that we're bringing in, right, you're looking at a bunch of guys that help you push the ball downfield. There is no way around it. There is no way, no two ways about it. These guys make it happen. In terms of he and, and Jolie and, and so many other uh, players that we have committed, yes, he has the ability to run very crisp and precise routes. Yes, he has big, strong hands, doesn't have a, a concentration drop problem either. But the biggest thing that you see with this young man consistently is, again, he just, he's really hard to tackle when that ball gets in his hands. He's really hard to tackle when that ball gets in his hands. And um, he's like, body control. Those two things come to mind, top of mind, when I think of this. When I think of Noah Rodgers, and I'll tell you this, if there is – if we talk about a nine and the type of offense he wants to run and all that good stuff, I'll tell you like this. He has led an offense with one of the leading rushers in the conference with Sean Tucker. He's led an offense with one of the leading passers in the conference with Brendan Armstrong. There is no limits, no limits to what he can do. And, and, and I'll tell you what, if we're calling the Nia no limit soldier, defensive coordinators are going to be saying, oh, all year. It's looking like some scary hours with an eye behind the steering wheel of this thing. You talk about some weapons. You now officially have Noah Rogers, KC returns, Dakari Collins returns. You're getting Terrell Anderson, Jordan Waters, Wesley Grimes, Jonathan Paler, Juice Farine returns. Kendrick Raphael returns. You're going to get another running back, unannounced still, but Grayson McCall slinging the rock. Could you ask for any more offense here in 2024? I mean, this is this is a lineup like we you couldn't even dream of just a couple months ago. So, and with Robert and I captaining this ship, I'm looking to put up some points. I'm looking to play fast, not to only focus on offensive names here. We did have a two-commit day. Cornerback Devin Marshall from Villanova also committed to the pack, and this is also a massive deal. Just talked about the departures of Aiden White and Shaheen Battle. You leave a whole lot of starting corner snaps wide open for play here. You get a very high upside transfer from Marshall here. He had offers, I believe, from like West Virginia, Cincinnati, Boston College, Indiana, Houston, Vanderbilt. Tennessee, Mississippi State, just to name a few. So you understand a guy coming from Villanova at the FCS level is this highly sought after by so many P5 schools, not to mention he graded out very well this season. This is a big-time get for NC State secondary. You talk about a secondary that has some attrition that that could absolutely use some big-time players. And I'll tell you what, I had an episode of Locked on ACC where I talked with Brian Smith who is the host of Locked On Nose and also does a ton in terms of high school recruiting. Do you know who he told me was the player that impressed him the most, that wasn't the biggest name, didn't have all the stars? Asad Brown. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we've got some special things coming in. And by the way, I hate to dabble back to the offense, but you know who threw a touchdown into the Under Armour All-American game? 
C.J. Bailey. C.J. Bailey. Folks, I'm not going to say too much. I'm not going to say too much. And, and I know that y'all are hearing me saying, why, is, why does it almost feel like Ken's whispering to us? Because right now, uh, in the words of, of North Carolinian Ric Flair, I'm having a hard time keeping these Gators down. Because I'm telling you, I'm ready to break out that, that big mama praise dance right now because this is a moment. This is a moment for NC State. The, the bowl game may not have gone in our favor. And there's there's also more news on the cusp that I can't exactly tell you all about that could be potentially big time as well. But uh, I'm, I'm telling you right now, this team that – if if Doran does half of the coaching job next year that he did this year, and and really for the next few years, if he does half of that job over the next few years, hooey, hooey. They're Alexa play deads because the ACC is in trouble. Some naysayers are in trouble. Big credit to the coaching staff here. Coming off of a couple of tough announcements earlier in the week, immediately followed up with some great news to finish out the week. Just mentioned the departures at the cornerback position. Great to immediately fill that need because it was a dire need with classes beginning, uh, I believe, on Monday. Classes begin on Monday. So this is the need to be filled as soon as we possibly could have. And it really felt like the coaching staff did everything they could to get that done. So kudos to the coaching staff. A double red light day. As soon as you felt bad, now all of a sudden we're feeling great about the entire situation all over again. Up next, we have Fan Friday, thumbing through the top comments of the week after a quick word from our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the day is FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's right, $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is, in fact, the best way to find popular parlays. And more. Cannot wait to officially fire up our FanDuel within the state lines of North Carolina and get this thing going. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Middle portion of our Friday show. It's now time for Fan Friday. Without further ado, let's get into it. First one here comes from Jay Gardner Pack. They say, Harmon and Amezi took years to develop. Rodgers comes in with multiple years of eligibility, four in fact, along with an already polished game. The scary part is he has room to grow. He has that day one or day two NFL draft potential. Love this hashtag. NCSU wants nice things. I believe Noah Rodgers is proof in the pudding 
that NC State can have nice things. Noah Rogers is a very nice thing to add on to this NC State football team in 2024 and beyond. He is that deal, as we talked about just a couple minutes ago. One of the best recruiting jobs ever for NC State to land this type of talent. And you absolutely expect him to make an impact from the jump. Beginning in spring ball, we're talking from the jump, he will make an impact in this wide receiver room. Absolutely. And I, I think the biggest thing that we talk about here when we we look at Noah Rogers is, again, he's a guy that is very big and, and physical and all that good stuff. But you talk about the polished game, you think about the, the ins and outs of route running. You think about the ins and outs of knowing when to catch the ball, uh, when to catch the ball and keep it away from your body as opposed to like the moments where you need to immediately bring that thing in because you're about to take a big hit. You think about the ability to just, again, do the, the little things right and kind of know how to work defenders and stay in their blind spots and all that, which is something that, according to his high school tape, Nora Rogers can do well. And even according to the tape been playing at the, in the spring game at Ohio State, he can do well. And so um, you talk about the day one or day two draft potential. Absolutely. Thousand percent. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This young man definitely has that type of talent. Uh, it's all about how he develops, how he grows, and, and what he can put on tape. Next question here is actually kind of related and also very interesting to think about. This one comes from VA Aggie 96 They say, I'm curious to see folks take on Julian Gray. I always felt like they needed to put the ball in his hands more often. Not sure why he didn't get more PT. At the very least, I assume he would have returned kicks. Well, he was doing that. With this influx of wide receiver talent, how will he be used now? So this is actually something I started thinking about a couple weeks back when Noah Rogers was a little bit of a whisper. And also, especially after we added Keenan Jackson on National Signing Day, you all of a sudden have so many wide receivers into this room and all of them, you feel like, can play from just about day one. So where does that leave a guy like Julian Gray who played, I mean, kind of sparingly at the wide receiver position this year? I know he dealt with a little bit of injury, but it really just seemed like kick returning was his primary function. So what does this mean for him in 2024? Well, the way I see it, unfortunately, it looks like Julian Gray might be buried in the wide receiver room. If we're, if I'm being 100% transparent here, if he wasn't really able to make a consistent difference this year when all you otherwise had was KC and now you add in Rodgers, Grimes, Dakari Collins is more consistent now, a couple other young wide receivers and Paler, maybe some more Juice Farine, where will Julian Gray stack up against the rest? Kenton, what's your take on this? You find a place to put him on the field. You find a damn place. If you look at how Michigan used Mike Sanders still, he went from wide receiver, excuse me, he went from wide receiver to trying them out and use them in a different way as a, a weapon to uh, going to slot corner. A player that is as fast as Julian Gray. And here's the thing there's one thing to have speed, there's another thing to have speed combined with quickness. There's another thing altogether to have speed, quickness, and contact balance. Julian Gray has all three. I don't care where you put this guy, find a way to get him the ball. Find a way to get him the ball. Find a way to get him on the field with the ball in his hands, and that's all there is to it. And, you know, me and you talked about this off air a little bit, and, and I don't know if we necessarily agreed here, but even if you got to put him in the backfield as a full-time running back, do it. 
our running back stable is not so deep that, you know, it's like, oh, my God, it wouldn't make sense for him to play there either. Why not? Why not? You got Kendrick Raphael, Jordan Waters, and who else as of now for this year? Now, don't get me wrong. There are still, you know, some some uh, balls that are up in there, and there are uh, multiple freshmen coming in um, in terms of Juice Jones and, and Duke Winston. What what nicknames, by the way? What what wonderful nicknames for those young men? But in all seriousness, with a player like Julian Gray, when your fastest guy also has some contact balance, brother, don't worry about it. We're gonna find you. We're gonna find a way to get you the ball. I don't care what nobody says. And like like I talked about with Sandra still, maybe he won't. Maybe if he's willing to try him out at corner. We just talked about the the fact that a ton of corners left, and there's a deficit there. How many wide receivers have we seen turn into corners that then are like amazing at that job and do well and go on to have wonderful careers because they have the ball skills, they have the quickness, they have all the things. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that, hey, regardless of what happens, even if you don't want to change do that, but I'm just saying there, there are opportunities on this team that are not, you know, stacked up and packed out where it's like, oh man, there's no way that, you know, we have so much depth at every position, him playing anywhere besides receiver just doesn't make sense. A a position change for Julian Gray, I don't think is as crazy as some might think it sounds. Because again, the the athleticism that he has is pretty much off the charts. You can probably put him anywhere on the field and he's going to figure out how to be a game changer. So maybe you will see a position change for Julian Gray. That will be something to keep an eye on. Next one here comes from Toast803. I believe this is in the broad scope of the entire season. While disappointed at how close some of the opportunities were this year, for a team some only had winning four or five games and missing the bowl season, they did a heck of a job overcoming odd situations like starting running backs and QBs quitting the team, half-expected meltdowns only to have the team move forward with the next-man-up mentality. It is true that the strength of the pack is the wolf, and we had many step up this year even as some became lone wolves. So, yeah, on the broad scope, this actually hits the nail on the head. For all of the expectations and then the altered expectations around the midseason point, you really had no idea how the season was going to shake out. And for the 117th time that we've mentioned it here, that embarrassing loss in Durham really just, I mean, I don't want to say all hope was lost because all hope was not lost but there wasn't a whole lot of hope left if we're keeping it 100 here. To finish out the season 9-3 and three is remarkable. The coaching staff did a remarkable job lighting a fire back under these players, inspiring them to keep fighting for each other, keep pushing until the bitter end. Regardless of the situations of players coming in and out, Brennan Armstrong became basically an NC State legend leading us to the rest of those nine wins. It was a roller coaster season and really built a whole lot of character for everyone on this team. But of course, the coaching staff included. This is a team that, again, everybody told us this was a rebuilding year. If your rebuilding year is getting you not, I don't think y'all realize this year was also a rebuilding year for a team like Clemson. And they won nine games. Yep. Our ceiling and Clemson's ceiling have been a little different over the past uh, decade and a half or so. Just a smidge. Just a smidge different. Uh, so if this was a rebuilding year, once we get there, again, I there are so many special players coming to NC State. And um, I'm 
I've heard the story about how some of these guys got here. And you remember how we used to hear like, oh, Devin Hester wanted to come to NC State. But grandma said, I want to see you play. And grandma lived in South Florida. So he ends up at Miami. Right. And, you know, all the stories about how many got like uh, John Wall almost came to NC State. And then things just didn't work out. And he ended up, I'm telling you now, I'm hearing the stories of how NC State has landed some of these players. I don't know what has happened. I don't know what type of bizarre world we have entered, but somehow we have ended up on the winning side of all of those. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, for example, there was one recruit. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to put too much out there, but there was one recruit that was going to be a package deal with another top player to a different ACC school. The problem is that ACC school did not offer both of them until it was much too late. And so they lost both players. So not only did NC State get a really good player in getting the guy, but we also kept a really good player out of conference because that team did not offer his friend, who is like also a very bad dude, um, until it was way too late. Um, I don't know what's happening. I don't understand it. In the words of, of Will Ferrell playing Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. But I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Next one here from Micah Venable. This is a basketball one referring to the win in South Bend. They grinded it out, and teams in years past would have just gave up during a game like this. Crashing the boards and just toughing it out. Agree, stupid win. Stupid loss on Notre Dame's part also. Their freshman is a beast. Hey, at least they scored more than 24 points. I'll tell you what, Micah. As rough as that game was to navigate, you know, in the second half, it was a very low point total. You kind of got like war flashbacks to that 24-point performance. And if we would have lost, we did not lose. That's what's important here. We won the game. If we would have lost, it probably would have felt very similar to that 24-point Virginia Tech loss in just the, one of the most embarrassing losses you could have suffered at a very crucial part of the season. But again, we won the game, and that is the only thing I am focused on pushing past Wednesday night. We won the game, and you have to find a way to help that propel you forward because we got a tough UVA team coming to town on Saturday. Hey, listen, okay, in the words of Bama Willie, I don't give a piss about nothing but the pack, and the <laughs> pack got a win in here. I'm not upset at it, you know, and, and I do agree that this is – that is a definite team and mindset type of win there. The thing is – I, I often say this, you know, it's not just about winning the games in games like this. It's also about did you learn something? Did you learn, hey, this is what I need to do. This is how I need to do it. This is what needs to happen. Did you learn something as well as winning the game? Because that is vitally important to learn what worked, learn what didn't, get better, learn maybe different rotations, maybe play MJ Rice more. Looking at you, Keats. But there's a lot of things in here that you ask yourself, did we learn that this doesn't work? This just isn't our way to do it. We need to play through this guy instead of this guy and that type of deal so that we don't have any more games where we need somebody to have a stupid loss for us to get a win. And last one here, I actually threw this one in just for fun. I kind of expected someone to mention this. This one comes from our guy, Andy. Lemons in your Kool-Aid. Care to explain, Kenton? <sighs> All right. See, there is, you know <clears> – <throat> Grayson and I often laugh about our um, cultural disconnects. And 
<laughs> this feels like one of those cultural disconnects. You absolutely put lemons in your cherry, in your grape, in like any type of obviously lemon, Kool-Aid, like you, you put lemons or limes in it, let it sit overnight, and it just it adds something to the flavor that it just it's it's so much better with a lemon in it that sat overnight than without it. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying put the whole lemon in there, just like cut cut up the lemon into probably about six different slices. Put about three of them in there. Put about three of them and one of the ends in there overnight. Try it. Tell me how it goes for you. You'll thank me later. We might have to work this into like a victory routine. Let the old lemons and the Kool-Aid from Locked on Wolfpack. Hey, listen, how about this? How about this? Okay. We got UVA coming up. If we beat UVA, I will break out the Kool-Aid and the lemons. And not only will I break it out, I'm going to let it sit overnight because we have time before that game for me to have it, have it ready on a day's notice. I'm going to make it, let it sit out, and give Grayson some as well. We're both going to partake in the lemon, uh, in the, the Kool-Aid with lemons to celebrate that game. In red solo cups, of course. And Scout's Honor, we will not put any adult beverages in it. We will drink just the Kool-Aid. Lemon only. Lemon, lemon only. only. Lemon only. I'll have to I'll have to check this out. Admittedly, I was not really much of a Kool-Aid kid growing up, but I love me a good lemon. So I feel like this probably will hit. Hey, listen, like I said, yeah, I'm I'm gonna make the batch regardless. So so pretty much we're I'm gonna end up drinking this regardless. But <laughs> but if the Wolfpack beat UVA, we're coming on air, red solo cups, both of us with the cherry Kool-Aid. Uh, with the, the lemon in it. All right, there's a deal. We better get that win now. I got to see what all this lemon talk is about. Talking about some round ball after a quick word from our sponsor. Our second ad of the day is game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect upon arrival, and their all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you even check out. NC State basketball is now fully immersed in ACC basketball play. If you need tickets, get over to Game Time. They have all the deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it tips off. It is the place to find last-minute ticket deals. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, and again, create an account and use redeem code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Last couple minutes here on Friday, it's time for our round ball roundup. The women's basketball team completed a massive win over Florida State on Thursday evening, 88-80 in overtime in the old barn. River Baldwin was eaten up her former team in Florida State. She had 21 points before leaving with injury, so certainly hope the best for River. We're hoping for good news, and if it requires any sort of recovery, the speediest 
of those because she has been a different animal this year for Westmore in the women's basketball team. Also had 18 from Isaiah James, 15 from Zoe Brooks. Her composure is insane. Just a complete floor general. Again, just a freshman. Incredibly fun to watch. And as she continues to develop, she is on a trajectory that she could be like legitimately an all-time great for this women's basketball program. We gave you the crystal ball coming into this. You had to contain Tania Ladson. She still went for 30, by the way, but we were able to pull out the win in overtime. little extra excitement, massive win for Westmore and the Lady Wolfpack. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing about that situation is when you look at a player like Ladson, it's not about stopping her altogether or holding her to nothing. It's about making her inefficient in doing in, in her scoring, and the Wolfpack definitely did that. 10 of 24 from the field is not bad. One of six from three is. You know, the the forcing turnovers and all that good stuff, that's what you want to see. That's where you want to live. And, and that's where you want to um, – that's where you want to have success against a player like Lassen. Because, again, if you allow her to cook and, and allow her to be super efficient when she scores, if you don't make her work for it, she'll light you up for as much as she needs to. Um, because the last two games where she th- dropped 30 weren't – she didn't need all 30 of those for, for uh, the nose to stand to it. And this one she did. But on our side of things, you know, all the players you talked about, don't forget about Mimi Collins now, the, the leading rebounder um, of all players in this game. And, you know, she didn't have a great night shooting, but this is where the maturity comes in. This is where the maturity comes in because while her shot was not falling, she still found ways to positively affect the game. And anybody who's been watching this show long enough, you've heard me say it a thousand times, but this is college basketball. Look at how many players don't have that ability. Look at how many players, when that shot stops falling, all of a sudden they curl up into a shell. They stop moving their feet. They start defending with their hands and getting lazy and getting reachy. They stop doing the things that it takes to win ball games. She didn't. She's clearly on a mission. This team is clearly on a mission. And ACC Network, it's a damn shame that this is on ACC Network Extra. That look at the game you put a top 25 matchup on extra. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. This, this was a big time ball game. And look at the results you got an 88 to 80 overtime thriller. Come on. Come on. Do better. The women's basketball team will take their show on the road. Another ranked matchup, this time against the number 13 Virginia Tech Hokies Sunday. Cannot wait to see what we look like in Blacksburg. Virginia Tech. We owe them probably some get back from years past as well. They've been spoiler to us a couple times. So that will be a star-studded matchup on Sunday. Transitioning over to the men's, we host UVA in PNC Arena on Saturday. Now, this is a fascinating matchup because you really have no idea which version of either team you might get. Both of us have recently played Notre Dame. Both of us played very poorly in that game, but the difference was NC State was able to narrowly escape with a victory in our matchup. Virginia's been pretty hot and cold this year. They still have several elements of your typical Virginia, excruciatingly tough defense, very slow-paced scoring. They kind of suffocate the life out of a game, and sometimes it'll cost them when they play a team randomly like Notre Dame. NC State needs to make a valiant effort to control the tempo in this game because if you allow – UVA to do as much, they will constrict you like a deadly snake as they simply always have. 
DJ Burns really struggled on the road in Charlottesville last year. That still comes to mind for me. I would love to see DJ Burns get his against UVA this time around. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know Tony Bennett. You know how he does it. If you yep. can scroll up the post, oh, he's bringing a hard double, baby. The, the, the goal of the back line defense is to make you make shots. If you make shots again, we people always wonder how Virginia every year consistently has those two or three games where you just scratch your head and go, what happened there? Number one, basketball's hard. Really, sports in general, they're hard. But number two, the back line defense, the, the basic principle is, hey, if you can hit those shots when you're open, you'll win the game. Right. We're going to take away what you do well. We're going to take away everything in the paint. And if you can knock down those threes, you'll be just fine. Well, that's the charge. That's the charge for this state team. DJ Burns make good decisions when that ball hits your hand and guys who are open on the perimeter knock down the shots when you get them. NC State should be just fine. The only problem is knocking down those shots when we get them has been uh, problematic to say the least at times for us this year. Another up and down week in the world of Wolfpack, but certainly ending on a high note here on Friday. That'll do it for us here this week. As always, thank you all so much for the support. Thank you for tuning in with us each and every day. Be sure to hit that like button. Drop your comments in the comment box. I'd have to imagine nearly all of them will be Noah Rogers related because we are elated to have him in Raleigh. And as always, hit that subscribe button. Just crossed over 1,300 subscribers on YouTube. Again, the support is simply unbelievable. Thank you all so much. Hoping for another big-time weekend that will then lead into another great week next week. Until then, go Pack. Go back.